Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. One of our topics that's been requested um, for us to talk about is what people's experiences are and their common obstacles when they are working on their dedicant path. Um, And for me, it's been maybe six or seven years, I think, since I've done my, my dedicant work. It's been 15 years since I've done mine, give or take a year or three. I don't yeah. remember exactly. Um, Though so I did go back to rework on it. I, I've redone some of mine as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a useful thing to do is to go back and revisit it occasionally. I mean, it's a path, not a destination. Yeah. It never hurts to walk down the same path another time. Uh, it's real pretty sometimes. It is. Uh-huh. Especially like today where the leaves are all blooming and... Yeah. Lovely, lovely drive through Pennsylvania at the moment. <laughs> um, so, in saying how long it's been, I wanted to bring up that although it may have been quite a while for us, um, I think a lot of the experiences and those obstacles are very common for lots of people, no matter when you did it or how long you've been working on it. Yes. Um, and so I know that they're there, and it's a common thing. It is, and it's not just a common thing with this iteration of the DP, because I did my DP on the old version. Yeah, you did a different one than me. I did. I mean, I've since done most of those new requirements, but yes, I did uh, the original version of the DP, which I think came out in 99. Did you have to mail yours in? Uh, Yes, I believe I did, (laughs) if I remember correctly. Um, Yeah, I think I did. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the, I think I mailed it to the ADF office And Hugh, bless his heart It's a great thing that we were eating Twizzlers In remembrance of Hugh It is true Because he loved Twizzlers He was our office manager at ADF um, And uh, passed just a couple of years ago A couple ago. years ago, yeah uh, but he did love his Twizzlers, so there's a, a small remembrance for you. Imagine him eating Twizzlers in his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> He's a bit of a hero of mine. Anyway, the the old version of the DP had nine requirements because it was a good druidic number. <laughs> You'll find that excuse for a lot of things. It's did, got like 11 now, doesn't it? It's 11, 11 now, I think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them were very similar to what we have now. So there was a meditation requirement, there was a high day requirement, there were the same nine virtues that we talk about these days. Um, and it was interesting to me because 
everyone had something different that caused them to stumble on the dedicant work. Yeah. I I think the one that I have heard the most often from people is the five-month mental discipline. Uh, that one almost got me. Pieces. Um, because you have to commit to doing a mental discipline thing at least once every week for five months, which means all the things that can happen in your life over the course of five months, you still have to take the time to sit down and do this mental discipline thing, which is really ill-defined, I think. It is. Um, and it's meant to be very open and give you lots of different things you can do. And I think one of the biggest obstacles is that you think there's only one way to do that. Right. And to be fair, at one time, there was only one way to do it. The, the object of that lesson was to learn how to do essentially Eastern meditation, where you would empty your mind of all things and sit allow and <laughs> sit and breathe and allow thoughts to, if they appeared, you would allow them to dissipate. And that, that was what everyone was supposed to do. Now, I was not very good at that. Um, and so when we revised the DP, we decided to fix that piece. So now it went from very defined to very undefined. Maybe it should have been somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You never know. Um, and I definitely think that that, um, I call it mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Where you, you sit and you breathe and when a thought comes to you, you say, oh, hi, thought, and then you let it go. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think that's still very useful to our practices that we do. Um, but when you think about mental discipline, I feel like the, the key thing is that you want to be able to maintain the headspace to do ritual successfully. Yes. And that, so... That is the aim of that. Yes. And so there are a lot of ways to do that. Like, so, yeah, you can do the mindfulness meditation, which will allow you to... Um, strain out those extraneous thoughts um, but I had a lot of success doing moving meditation um, so like I, I'm pretty involved in martial arts and so I would do forms or kata in, in that meditative place and that got me used to having my body doing something while my mind could focus on connection to the spiritual world. Yeah, a lot of people who have trouble with that meditation requirement or that mindfulness requirement um, are parents with kids yep <laughs> and people with really busy or hectic lives generally so whether it's kids or uh, you know you're taking care of an older adult in your household um, or you work a high stress job or you work a high stress job or a lot of hours on a high stress job. All of those kinds of things can contribute to making it very difficult to find time and space to do the work. And in a lot of cases, the answer is, unfortunately, you just have to make time for it. Yeah. One of the ways that I... Um, and granted, this was when I was doing my initiate work. But when I was doing my, my dedicant work, I didn't have kids yet. Um, and so I had more quiet time to myself to do this mental discipline piece um, but then with the initiate work in order to be successful in that you want to have a regular practice and so I had to figure out how to do this mental discipline piece all over again yeah. and one of the things that I did was um, I knew in the morning I was going to be uh, 
getting my breakfast, getting coffee, and then putting my dishes in the sink. And so I set up a little altar at my sink (laughs) so that every morning I would see it and I would remember to do my my devotion in the morning, which was my mental discipline, being able to make that connection to the spirit world. So that was how I managed it was I, I attached it to something that I already did every day. Yep. In 10 miles, take exit 5A on the left to merge onto I-470 west toward Columbus, Ohio. Yes, ma'am. One of the things that um, that I often recommend is very similar, which is find a place you know you're, that you're going to be every day and make that into a meditation seat or put that into, or, or put something that remind you, just like what you said, but I often recommend things like, I don't know, the bathroom because <laughs> you're going to be there you might as well just do it there the other thing too is that you can connect it to action and the when I started doing dawn and sunset devotionals it was the action of lighting the candle and the audio uh, input of my alarm going off hmm. for sunrise and sunset so those two things combined were of key importance. And now that I'm doing the Flame of Hope stuff, yeah, I my day is not complete unless I've lit a candle and taken a picture of it and put words on it, all that fun stuff that I do. The um, and, and so it's, it nags at me now. Well, and I think that's a, a good point that you bring up with the with the action and the words yeah. and that or the action and the noise, that those are your, like, your triggers to tell your mind, oh, now it's time to pray. Now it's time to make that spiritual connection. Yep. Um, I used to do that when I was, when I was trying really hard during my dedicate path to do the mental discipline piece was I had an alarm on my phone that would go off uh, three times a week to remind me hey, you need to sit down and do the thing. And, I mean, I wasn't really good at sitting down and doing the thing, so I had to find other ways. But the fact that I had the alarm that reminded me. You'll find suggestions similar to this in a lot of different things. Um, If you want to be a writer, you will be told often, almost by everyone who wants to tell you how to be a writer... (laughs) Just right. Write at the same time every day. Also just right. Yes, just right. But write at the same time every day. Because that gets you into a habit, and it makes your mind start to think at that time in that way. Oh, so it's like when you're trying to go to sleep, and you have to take melatonin at the same time every night for it to actually work. Yes. Huh. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the mental discipline piece. Another one that a lot of people have trouble with is the virtues. Because some people don't like the ones that we have listed. Yeah. Some people um, want to add their own. Which, which we allow, we allow for that, yeah. Um, but some people want to replace. There, there's a lot of different options, and some people just have trouble getting started on that. I think some people also have a hard time just wrapping their brain around... Um, the fact that we have, like, set virtues, yep. um, that can also be kind of a hang-up or a thing that gets in your way of, of completing that requirement. It can. Um, one of the things that you'll, you'll often find with virtues uh, and the discussions around them, uh, the most common virtue that people 
complaint, and it's not even really the right word. It's fertility. Fertility. Yeah. Um, or they don't understand why it's included, or a lot of those kinds of things. And I understand that, because it, it has very specific connotations in our language. And one of the things I like to tell people is that our, our, our set of virtues has gone through some shifts over yeah. time. And so fertility was originally sensuality. Which yeah, that's, is, that does not resonate at all. Yeah, well, it's, it's, <laughs> but it helps people understand sometimes that it's not about making babies, but it's about living in the world and being creative I was just and saying, finding ways to, to interact with the flesh in a different way. Yeah, I don't see, I don't even see it like that because I see fertility, um, like when you talk about fertility and yes, I think making babies, but I don't see it as sensuality and interacting with the world. Um, I see it as creativity and inspiration. I tend to see it that way too. Okay. But that's because, you know, I hang out in a fertility cult and (laughs) (laughs) that's how we all see it for the most part, but we all have our cultural hang-ups on these things. Yeah, well, I know another thing. So one of the things that people tend to get hung up on, too, is there's this, the old research of Dumazil and the tripartition. Yep. Um, and so people are like, what do you mean? These are the ones for the priests, and these are the ones for the warriors, and these are the ones for the farmers. Like, that just doesn't jive. It doesn't make sense. And a lot of people are like, wait, how come they get these virtues and other people get these virtues and and I get these and and so there's a lot of stuff there and so one of the things that I've been working on is kind of restructuring that and so like I see the first triad of virtues which are help me out wisdom vision and and piety um and so those are the ways that you interact spiritually with the world So you as a spiritual person, these are the virtues for that. And then you have the next set of virtues, which are perseverance and... Courage. Courage. Integrity. And integrity. Um, And so those are the ones that get you through the hard times. When you are trying to overcome things or when you're faced with a difficult situation, you rely on those three virtues to get you through. And then the last three, which are hospitality, hospitality moderation, moderation, and fertility, <laughs> those are the ways that you interact with the world, the world around you. You're interacting in a hospitable way, you're interacting with moderation, you're interacting with this creativity in, in the world in a very physical way. Um, and so, like, I've, I have redivided it so that it's not these virtues are for these people and these are for these people. It's rather... These virtues are for everyone, and they reflect on different parts of your life. Yep. I like to also redivide the virtues as well, but I use the, the myth of Asus and Taurus Regarnus, the, the bull with the three cranes, and we'll get too deeply into that. If you're really interested, we'll, we'll do a show on that sometime. <laughs> but um, there are lots of ways to divide out these virtues, and find one that makes sense for you. Um, they are all lenses through which we view this stuff. Yeah, and I think the biggest, so like, the hang-up, whatever hang-up you have with the virtues, if that's one of your obstacles, um, the biggest thing is that you're reflecting. And so it's not so much what they mean or that you need to believe them or anything, but it is how you reflect on them and how they influence you in the world. 
One of the other things that people get hung up on. Two miles. Take exit 5A on the left to merge onto I-470 west toward Columbus, Ohio. Thanks, Siri. One of the other things that people will get hung up on um, is the high day requirement. The requirement to do eight high days in a year. So this is the experiential one, not the right about the eight high days. Right. Okay. Um, and that is complicated for a lot of people. And part of the reason for that is because it's hard sometimes to get all your requirements done um, within a year. Um, and it's hard for people to, to always, every six and a half weeks, like clockwork, or, you know, like sun work, I suppose, <laughs> these are seasonal things, um, show up and do the work on time. Um, one of the things that I like to tell people for that is that you don't necessarily have to do a full high day right for everything. Right. Um, you are, in fact, only required to do corridor ritual for four of those high days. Mm-hmm. So if you have the opportunity to do a high day right as, as a full corridor, do it. Right. And if you don't, then that's okay. But One. do your best to, to get as many as you can done early, and then... The other ones you can mark however you need to. And I also wouldn't get caught up in in putting value judgments on yourself and your work. Um, we know that four of those rights need to be ADF corridor virtual rights. Um, and so, again, when you can do that, do that. But exit left. We're Don't. not going to exit left. <laughs> we're going to go straight. We're not going to exit left. Oh, okay. I've been reading the signs. Okay. Um, but don't get hung up on the value judgment of um, not being able to do that core order of ritual. Um, one of the most fulfilling rites that I did... For 129 miles, continue straight. One of the most fulfilling rites that I did when I was working on my dedicant work was a spring equinox rite where it must have fallen like in the middle of exams or midterms or something and I just there was no time for me to do this full ritual and my head was not in the game and it wasn't going to happen and um so I took a candle out into one of the one of the parks that I really liked went out there lit the candle and just sat for a little bit um and, you know, watched the stream move and took note of the trees blooming and heard the, the animals moving around around me. Um, and feeling that connection to the earth and to nature all around me. And that was, at the time, that was one of the most fulfilling rites up to that point. Um, and so don't get hung up on the value judgment of the guilt of you didn't do this core order of ritual right um, there are other ways to be spiritually fulfilled there certainly are so there are a lot of different ways that people can get hung up on the DP and we I don't know whether we've mentioned the one that our, our this particular listener is listening for but um, just keep in mind that there are lots of ways to work those things and the more you get into it and the more confidence that you have the better off you're going to be uh, when it comes to, to finishing this program. 
and then embarking on the next step. Because, again, it's a path. It's a way forward. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the road by any stretch. Yeah, and, and I think by calling it a path, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.